Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back, listeners, to the finest phototainment in the world. That's right, you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, an irreverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Dustin, I am two weddings deep into this wedding season. You're like a professional photographer or something. I try to be. I have my first wedding back next weekend. And I'm Mm. I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little I'm a little nervous. Dustin, I I've noticed something about myself. Something Mm -hmm. I never thought would happen. And the last two weddings I've come right home from the weddings and I just Mr. Rogered. Yeah. 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 It was a, it was a beautiful day in the neighborhood and uh-huh. just came home and just Mr. Roger. Do you know what I'm talking about? Nope. No idea. Uh, I did not realize I was doing it when I did it. You come home, you put your cardigan on and then you slip on your comfy slippers. That's exactly what happened <laughs> after both weddings. I didn't even think about it, Dustin. It was crazy. I got home. I came into the house. I took off the shoes I wore when I was shooting. I put on comfortable shoes. I took off my suit jacket. And I was like, oh, it's a little chilly in the house. And I put on a cardigan. Two weeks in a row, Dustin. Two weeks in a row. And then the real kicker was, one of those weeks, I got home early enough that Ian still had a friend over. And so then that friend's dad came over. And I talked to the dad. I talked to my neighbor, you know. Um, Will you be my neighbor? My neighbor left, and he, he went home. And then Nora was still awake. And she got out Ian's old train set, and we, we played with a trolley. You are. You are Mr. Roger reincarnate. I don't know what happened to me. I don't know what happened in this life, but I got to say, I'm surprisingly loving it. I mean, it's <laughs> fantastic. It's like are the you best feeling like, I think I've ever like had. milk and cookies right now? Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of what I might be eating or drinking, doesn't... Do you, do you want to talk about beer talk? For, for the first time in like two months, you actually have something in front of you in a glass bottle that's uh, brownish and isn't Kool-Aid. I mean, cider. Cider, cider sorry. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm drinking a true American-Belgian white known as Blue Moon. But no, I, what I wish I was drinking right now is the beer that I bought to share with you, mm, but could no, longer, could no longer resist, which was a Dragon's Milk Reserve s'mores flavor from new holland how could you do this to me dustin how could you do this to me Mm. you know dragon's milk one of my favorite beers of all time now one of my favorite beers of all time quite possibly my wife's favorite beer of all time how could you drink that without me after buying it for me i bought it for you for christmas we are now in march so it had been sitting in my fridge three months it had moved from my old house to my new house survived the move And Stephen has still not graced me with his presence in Fort Wayne, Indiana. You know, in February, Jen and I went to our friend's house and they had bought us dragon's milk for Christmas. Not this Christmas, but the previous Christmas, they bought us the dragon's milk. And we've seen them multiple times since then and they just kept forgetting it. But you know what they gave us at this party we were at in February? They gave us the dragon's milk that they bought for us, Dustin, because when you buy someone a gift, you save it and you give it to them. You don't mm-hmm. drink it yourself. What? I saved you the bottle. So that way you could sna- snap a photo and say that you drank it on untapped. I'm not going to do I that. And will, I will explain the flavor profile to you. All my check-ins on untapped are real. 
doesn't I changed my name on Untapped. Did I tell you that? No. Do you want to know what I changed it to? Not really. I changed it to Great Indiana Man. Oh, God. <laughs> oh Steven, speaking of Great Indiana Men, what are you drinking tonight? Well, Dustin, tonight I am drinking a Wild Range Brewing Company India Pale Ale. Mm, is that in honor of India Earl? <laughs> No, no, it's not. You, you know, an India Pale Ale is just a type of beer, oh, right? And there's okay. there's millions of them out there in the world. Gotcha. Didn't didn't know if there was a correlation. No correlation. You know, I would say this uh, Wild Range Brewing Company India Pale Ale. It's very good. It's a little bit hoppier than I usually say, like say, my say IPAs. Say that one more time with a little Borat. It's it's very good. No, that wasn't it either. Uh, nope, it's very nice. I think is what you were looking. Very nice. There it is. Yeah, but a little little bit hoppier than I would like for little too for little too IPA. Peter Cottontail yeah. for you. Yeah, you know what it is. I'm just not into the bunnies. Dustin, you got some follow up for us. <laughs> follow up trademark John Syracuse. Thank you so much, John, for letting us use that. Dustin, your follow-up is all about that purple mattress. So yeah, I just wanted to let the listeners know that, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a week further in to laying on this luxurious mattress, and uh, I'm still loving it. Still loving it. In fact, we had, we had friends over yesterday who'd been considering buying one. They took a little lay down. There's nothing quite like having somebody lay on your bed. Well, you know, I realized once I got married that the only real way to gauge whether or not you like a mattress is to, of course, have the carnal relations on it. Dustin, did you have an orgy with your friends? Carnal relations. Uh, no, I, I Did can't. you engage in carnal sin so that your friends could figure out if the purple match? Gosh, I can't even keep this up, man. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> No, I, I haven't, but if you and Jen, uh, if that's how you test out your mattresses, <laughs> if you could let the listeners know uh, that do listen in the Indy Noblesville area, what mattress stores you shop at so they can avoid them, that would be, uh, that would be great. Or, or they, they frequent them now. I don't know. I, yeah, I heard people seek those mattress stores out, to be honest, but you know. Actually, the last few mattresses we bought have all come from the internet. Mm. Yeah, do it in the privacy of your own home, roll it back up, and send it back. You don't like it, you know? What else are you going to do? So if you if anyone gets a Casper mattress and it's a little crunchy on top... <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> I think they legally have to burn those when they come back in. Legally? Legally. They don't ship them off to other countries relabeled as Amazon Basic. That might be something that happens. Who knows? Dustin. Steven. We got some topics tonight. Rant me up, buddy. How are, how are, you, uh, how are you getting ready for uh, this new season that you're about to kick into? What, what, what you got in your mind this week as you could ponder this next wedding? Uh, haven't really given it a lot of thought. Um, the couple, I'm meeting them for the first time this weekend. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's a video wedding. So, do you uh, normally meet your couples for the first time this late in the game? For video, yes. For video, we typically book without meeting because nine times out of ten they don't live here locally. Mm -hmm. 
and then I try to meet with them the week of the wedding to record their letters to one another so I don't try and stress them out on the wedding day or have a photographer try to hijack my time. You mean so you don't hijack a photographer's time? I think that's what you were trying to say there. Well, it's because the audio is really all I'm after. And so if they can come over to my house wearing yoga pants and sweats and we can just record the audio really clean, really good. Oh, you know what I like to do when a videographer is trying to just, you know, just record that audio real quick of the bride or the groom, you know, just reading mm -hmm. off that letter, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they just got done with their getting ready photos mm -hmm. and uh, now they're just going to sit down in some beautiful window light and just read, read off that letter that they wrote. And uh, I just like to take my camera, turn silent mode off, put it on burst mode, and just right in the middle of it. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And that's why I have them come over to my house a week <laughs> before the wedding, uh, so that when we put them in that beautiful window light and they read it on the wedding day, I can just worry about capturing the visuals. I don't even have to worry about them reading it out loud. Nice, yeah. nice. I don't have to worry about getting the mic out of my bag. I don't even have to worry about anything other than just whatever the photographer wants to do, wherever they want to put them. I say, great, now this is what we're actually going to do. The great thing when you're the photographer about when the videographer pulls the uh, person aside to do the reading of the letter, mm -hmm. that's when you get to take like just a little break, like maybe two to five minutes. And, you know, those stolen little breaks are just so glorious throughout a wedding day. If you're Steven, like, you just kind of close your eyes and you take a little cat nap. You know. <laughs> Wake me up when they cry so I can zoom in. Thanks, Photog. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, you know I'm not recording do? audio. Don't mind my snores. <laughs> Sorry, I have acid reflux. <laughs> that, Wow. Wow, it's almost like you've slept in the same room as me on multiple <laughs> occasions. What can I say? Almost like you know my life. Mm. That was a uh, harrowing, harrowing noises that I just heard. Wow. It's all right, Steve. It's what I'm here for. So, Dustin, uh, when you shoot this wedding as a videographer, are you going to have a second shooter? Uh, yes, yes. I'm going to have uh, my greatest Indiana man, Mr. Luke McBride. Second no, shooting. No, let's let's roll that one back. Let's roll that one back. What did you call him? The greatest Indiana man. What did you call him? <laughs> the greatest of Indiana men. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, Steve. Someday you'll get that title when you live in Indiana. More importantly, Fort Wayne, a true mm. great Indiana man city. So you bring in a second shooter with you. Mm -hmm. uh, what 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 do you uh, like? If you were to say, like, send something to a second shooter and you're like, look, I just think you should read over this to, like, see if, you know, you can fulfill mm -hmm. my expectations for the day. Yeah, um, for sure. What, what would you say is, like, one thing that you and possibly every other photographer, videographer would send over to that second shooter? Are there any, like, things that you feel like you just pick up on from every single blog post you yeah. read about Great second question. shooters perfect question uh i always send them some oils some some good oils for when mm -hmm. they come on the wedding day i really like it when they loosen up my my traps you know my shoulders mm -hmm. really get yeah, in on yeah. the glutes you know before the ceremony because they have all that gimbling plus i find when mm -hmm. their hands are a little bit oiled up they just they they run more smoothly over the camera and over for the sure. lenses for certain um mm -hmm. it gets you in kind of like a real good flow for the day absolutely 
You know, um, you need I that kind all... of a light touch where you just glide over the buttons. First, uh, that's how you know you're going to get a good shot. All of my second shooters, uh, they come equipped with a catheter um, because I don't mm-hmm. allow mm-hmm. bathroom breaks on wedding days. <laughs> um, we bring a little uh, like ninja blender. So when they bring us the dinners, I throw theirs in the little ninja blender and I mix it and I put it in a little sippy cup. <laughs> And then I tell them, you know, get back out there. I pour it into one of those little, like, backpacks with the straw mm-hmm. so that, you know, I can enjoy my dinner. I mean, there's not, it's, it's not necessary for both of us to be shooting all of the time. Yeah, just one of you. And uh, that one who is shooting all the time, do you, do you maybe put a little salt or pepper into the backpack with the smoothie for them or no? A little cayenne. A little cayenne little pepper. A little cayenne? Really, oh, yeah. really gives a little pep in their step, you know what I mean? Yeah, give them give them a few depends to get them to the rest of the night then too, mm-hmm. right? No, uh, well, yeah. Not everybody's stomach can handle that. Yeah, Dustin. The reason I brought this up, <laughs> which you were trying to avoid, <laughs> and thank you so much for that. That was that was calming and a relief, which I needed because I'm very angry. I have seen like four or five blog posts people have put online in the last week about. Hey, uh, I just want to tell you what, you know, a good second shooter does. And every single one of these I read is full of like good stuff. Like, um, you got to show up on time. I expect a good second shooter to show up on time, which is like, yeah, every person who, you know, hires somebody and employs them to work for them expects their employees to show up on time. And then it's stuff like, I expect you to be professional and courteous and to treat guests with a certain amount of respect throughout the entire day and you know not to make my business look bad and i expect you to dress appropriately for the job at hand and not show up in uh sweatpants and you know sneakers Uh but the one thing the, the one like unifying thing that just pissed me off about every single one of these that i've seen and that has pissed me off about every single conversation about second shooters is this what is it steve what is it people Stop saying that keeping the lead photographer hydrated is a necessary thing for a second shooter to do. Your second shooter is a f***ing working professional. They're not your caregiver. They're not your servant. They're not your mom. Take care of yourself on the day. It is not someone else's responsibility to care for you. Also, for hiring a second shooter based on whether or not they will feed or hydrate you. It's fine if they want to do that. It's a nice little bonus if they're at your side and they're like, hey, I noticed you haven't got any water. Here's some. But it's bullshit, absolute bullshit to say they need to do that or that it's a requirement of what you look for in a good second photographer. You're a worthless this. People who say it can you give me like a little mic drop sound? <laughs> no, no, it's terrible. You have to have that in post. No, I don't know, Dustin. Uh, that I, was like I, your butt you cheeks can slapping see, together. That's what that sounded you, like. <laughs> Dustin, you can see I have a very, I, I, have, I have a very strong opinion on this. Uh, so, listeners out there, so what this stems from is. Um, Steven has shot a lot of weddings <laughs> thirsty and no one has ever offered him a drink. And that's led to him becoming an alcoholic, which has led him to uh, starting this podcast with me. 
Um, the only drinks they ever have at a wedding are alcohol, unless you have a second shooter to run and get you water. That's right. If any of you out there have ever <laughs> sent us an email, it always comes back. Stay hydrated. <laughs> Steven, Steven and Dustin. That is what it says. Because oh. we here at the Wedding Photo Hangover, we care about the listener's hydration. <laughs> and that's why this strikes a nerve with Steve, because... He feels that if you can't care about your own hydration, then you you probably shouldn't be worrying about hiring someone else to care about it for you. Absolutely. If, you, if you're not going to take care of yourself, why should somebody else do it? That's why you hire your wife to be your second shooter. <laughs> <laughs> or husband. Or both. If you're into that kind of thing. Hey, you know, we are a wedding photography podcast. We're not a religious monogamy podcast. So whatever you want to do, Dustin. Mm -hmm. We have a strong listener base in like... Don't say it. Utah? (laughs) Gosh. What are all of our listeners in Utah? (laughs) Son of a bitch. (laughs) Uh, So while we are talking about things that dissatisfy us... Steven, when you, I'm sure, like myself, are getting flooded with phone calls and inquiries for uh, the upcoming wedding season Mm -hmm. for this year, maybe some for next year, some for the year after, uh, year after that, I don't know, you guys are crazy over there at JVE Photo. That's not the name of the company. I know, but it really rolled off the tongue there. I think at one point in time, we owned the URL JVE Photo. (laughs) I'm pretty sure your wife has a logo that is JVE. Mm-hmm. Might be, yeah. See, when she she when she was starting her business, she was going to call it Jennifer Renee because she liked the way that rolled off the tongue. But there are already a lot of other companies called Jennifer Renee in existence. But then she was thinking maybe she would call it JRV, just use her initials. But then it sounds like she's saying Junior V. Like when people read it, they're like, oh, Junior V. And she didn't like that. So, JV, Jennifer Van Elk, stuck. I like it. Van Elk has a very uh, luxury vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dutch luxury. If only the, um, the, the actual Van Elk of that equation lived up to that luxury. You know, I'm just uh, the descendant of the boy who stuck his finger in the, the dike, so. Saved all of Holland. Back to what I was asking, Steve. When you get these phone calls, okay, when, yeah. when these people call you, traditionally, are they the bride or groom in question? Uh, like, if somebody calls me, is it the bride or the groom? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Uh, a lot of times it's a wedding planner. Okay. Okay. But I know you've said in the past on this podcast, there's not a lot of wedding planners who yeah, uh, there, work in the Fort Wayne area. There's none. Or at least who are willing to work with you. Seeing as you have said that when a couple goes with you, they don't need to hire a wedding planner because Dustin and Grin take care of that. Yeah, there's nothing more awkward than a conversation I had like a week or so ago about like, yeah, you guys don't need to hire a wedding planner if you go with us. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's weird. We're actually meeting with a wedding planner tomorrow. I'm like, oh, walk that back. Walk that back. I cannot yeah. wait until they meet with that wedding planner and the wedding planner goes, that was so weird that Dustin would say you don't need a wedding planner because I do my job so well, you don't need a photographer. <laughs> uh, somehow I did that. doesn't work like that. 
Um, oh, I think it does, Dustin. <laughs> I think it does. So what I'm trying to get at here, Stephen, is we had recently a bride's sister-in-law call in inquiring for her. And this has happened on several occasions where we'll get like a, like a bride's mother. That's totally fine. I understand that because they're paying for it nine times out of ten for us. Um, and we've gotten like a bride's maid of honor. But this was such a weird scenario. The bride's sister-in-law called in, not even that close with the bride. Called uh, in. Are you saying she's not that close to the bride, or did the bride call and tell you no, she's I, not I that said, close? Well, I made the comment. I was like, "Oh, you must be like the the maid of honor or whatever." And she's like, "Oh no, I'm not even sure if I'm in the wedding." And what? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, can you tell me where the wedding is and all the, you know, the details? And like, she barely knew anything that was like going on with this wedding. And I'm Did like, she cut you a check. That's the only thing that matters. No. And so like the thing was, I'm like, okay, like, you know, we're available that date for next year. Here are our prices. And then anyways, I felt like she was calling me for therapy. So she called me because what she really deep down inside she wanted to do was complain about what a terrible experience she had with her photographer, which is why she took it upon herself to make it her mantle and her mission to essentially eliminate all the bad photography choices for her sister-in-law before she called because she was... Please tell me that her photographer was a little photography company that doesn't doesn't go by this brand name anymore called... uh, McKibben photography. No, no. And that's like the, what I was waiting on is like that caveat of like, Oh, was I your photographer? But, <laughs> but no, I, I was sadly not. Um, but like the things she was complaining about were like things that were totally normal. Like the photographer posing, uh, the bridal party in a different order than what they walked down the aisle in, and getting exit signs in the dancing photos in the background. And I'm like, were there exit signs over the door? And then was the dance floor next to like an exit? And there she was like, well, yeah. And I'm like, okay, did you tell the photographer that that bothered you enough that you would like that retouched out of your photos? And she's like, well, no, I, I didn't. Wait, so this, this, this lady called in to complain to you about her photographer Mm -hmm. and to try to I guess book you as the photographer for her sister-in-law. Yeah, without her sister-in-law the knowing weirdest it. But conversation, but, I left so angry that I was like, this, "Why do you waste my way, time?" Is a potential client, and when the potential client said something like, "Like <laughs> they didn't Photoshop or they they took photos that had exit signs in them," your response wasn't to say. Wow, a good photographer would have just shot from a different angle or some bullcrap response like that to try to keep her on the line, keep her interested. Your response was to say, um, challenge. <laughs> Where did you plan your dance floor to be? Was it next to an exit? I think you're the idiot. <laughs> you thought your photographer was an idiot. I think you are. Pretty much. No, I I approached it with, you know, obviously we try to avoid uh, distracting elements in the background where at all possible, but obviously we can't always control when moments happen and where they happen. And if a moment happens that we feel needs to be captured and there happens to be, you know, an exit sign, a handicap sign, something just obtrusively obnoxious in the background, 
you know, we're still going to take the picture. We're not going to look at that moment of, you know, daughter and dad embracing for the first time, tears coming down and thinking like, oh man, there's a bunch of traffic cones in the background. Guess we're going to skip that moment. Why did they have to do the first look with the father at the manure plant? Oh, <laughs> everyone's crying. It would have been beautiful, but there's just turds all over. Just turds. Black and white it goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's just dirt in the background. <laughs> a little muddy. But, um, yeah, I just felt Some like this need too. to, like, educate her at the same time as, like, bolster our company because like I didn't want her going back to this you know potential client and just being like oh yeah they're like totally just said they'll you know give me rainbows and sunshines I wanted her to also feel like a little bit educated about Mm -hmm. like how we approach the process and how we handle everything nuts and bolts you know we like to be really upfront and honest with our clients about how we how we do things so anyways, that's my rant. That's my end. That's, I mean, how would you, I mean, has this ever happened to you? Do you ever get a, a sibling or maid of honor or somebody who calls you saying that, you know, they're trying to cut through the minutia of the hundred wedding photographers that showed up on their Google search. And so they're trying to narrow it down to like five for their best friend. Did you take the five seconds it would have taken to play Detective Dustin and do, you know, maybe a Facebook search on this girl? Or did this happen on the day when Facebook was down for everyone? It was planned, it wasn't did, it? It did happen she on the day Facebook is a photographer. Was she wanted to know more about your business, how you run your business. And when she saw Facebook was down just for a sweet little second, she pounced on her one opportunity to really grill you without you having a chance to figure out that she is a photographer herself. Name is Steven Van L. Yep. So I take that as your answer is no, you don't ever have. Uh, <laughs> Dustin, I have no idea. Because mm, your wife handles the phone. Most of the phone stuff, that is correct. Most yeah. of the phone stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more of a hand person, you know, you, I'm, you, a, I'm a hands-on kind of guy. You get the handsy uh, stuff, she gets the mm-hmm. phone stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she needs a little distance. Mm-hmm. We, we've had a few instances where we've had somebody call us who's like looking for a photographer for their friend or whatever, and they just want information. And then they're going to relay that information to their friend to help their friend make a better, more informed decision. And I think a lot of times what that comes down to is somebody's like, my friend, my sister, my sister-in-law is really stressed out. And I'm going to take it upon myself to try to relieve some of that stress. And sometimes that's really awesome. And the uh, potential bride is super pumped. They have a friend who did that for them. And sometimes it's really not awesome. And that potential bride then doesn't want to use any of the photographers that the friend talked to because they don't want the friend to think that they had an impact on their actual decision. So it's just a weird place to be. But, you know, I guess it's no weirder than any other conversation you have with a potential client's potential friend. Got it. Love it. Potentially. All right. You could book something. Maybe. We'll see. Potentially. Maybe not. Tell me about this one photographer who loses her shit on a client. (laughs) Because the link you sent me does not work. Oh, the link I sent you did work, Dustin. But whoever posted it took it down. Oh, shoot. 
They might have taken it. No, no, here it is. It's still in the Facebook group. All right, Dustin. This comes to us from the St. Louis Area Photographers Facebook group. A photographer Mm -hmm. signed up to take a workshop teaching session with another photographer. Okay. The day they were supposed to have this workshop session, the weather was bad. So the session was canceled. Okay. So now this, this photographer and everybody else is out a hundred bucks because the person who planned it canceled the thing and has not rescheduled. Nine months goes by without anybody hearing anything else about what had happened, what had happened. And then after that nine months, this photographer who was slighted, who had their workshop canceled, we'll call her, we'll call her Brie. She sees the photographer who's doing the workshop. We'll call her or him. I bought. I, I bat. I bat. We'll call, <laughs> call her I bat. I bats photography. There we go. Got it. Got it in one. I bats photography. Just an acronym for the actual company. And now for a dramatic reading. So iBats posted back in May when the thing was supposed to happen. Hey everyone, I'm going to be offering a photography class and it isn't just for professionals. It's for anyone who has bought a camera and really wants to learn how to work it. And Brie responds to this nine months later and says, Hi, I was looking for the group about rescheduling this teaching session that was canceled. Can't seem to find the group or any information on rescheduling in the near future. How do I go about receiving a refund? And iBats... Maybe we could call her like Heath, I guess. Uh, Heath Heath says back to her, this was incredibly unnecessary. I'm not offering refunds. The weather was out of my control. When I get time to get it together, I absolutely will. And you're welcome to come, but please don't do this again. You could have very well messaged me and you know that. So she's mad. She's a little mad. Why didn't she just message? I don't know. Probably because it'd been nine months and that's a really long time. So she's feeling a little bit passive aggressive. And she says, look, I'll reach out when a new date is scheduled and offer you the chance to come on that new date, probably when it's warmer. But please don't even bother messaging me back. That was extremely tacky. I honestly don't even want to work with you at this point. Who does that? At which point Bree says to Heath, uh, After seeing that the group was deleted and that there has been no communication about rescheduling after nine months of the event being canceled, I can't have confidence in receiving what I paid for at this point. I understand you can't control the weather, but this is an unreasonable amount of time for us to wait. And it seems a refund is the best way to resolve this for both of us. And then he says, I'm not giving refunds. I'll be rescheduling the class. You can come or not. At my caliber, which you probably don't understand, I'm pretty busy. You're the only one that's had an issue thus far. Everyone else has been patiently waiting to work with me. Again, I'll let you know when the class is, but I won't be giving a refund. And so Bree sends back a thumbs up Mm -hmm. and says, I was removed from the group. I'd like to be in that. At which point somebody from the group sends 
a screenshot to Bree and it says, hi everyone. I know it's been crazy. I've been busy. I'm sure everyone can relate. However, due to someone trying to cause trouble, I'd love to get this rescheduled on the first possible warm day. Still the same situation, full family teaching, etc. blah, blah, blah. Interesting. And so then Bree sends back, I was removed from the group. I'd like to be in that group to make sure I'm kept in the loop on the reschedule. And he says, I'll keep you up to date on when we reschedule. You don't need to be in the group. <laughs> I don't like how you came at me today. You can keep your drama to yourself. You'll be notified when a plan is set. Thumbs up emoji. To which Bree reasonably says back to her, I'm not comfortable with this agreement. I feel being included in the group was part of the investment. In the last nine months of waiting for this reschedule, I've been busy as well, and I feel that this class is no longer in line with my business needs. If you are flat out refusing to refund me, then I expect to be re-added to the group. My intent was not to cause issues, but after all this time with promises of receiving what I paid for, I can't expect to actually receive the same experience. But if you're unable to provide me, the same experience as everyone else, I expect a full refund. To which Heath says, please stop. You're becoming extremely annoying. You didn't have to come at me like you did. That was this dumb. This person sounds like a child. <laughs> You're exhausting. Your intent wasn't to cause issues, but what you did was tacky, unprofessional, stupid, and unnecessary. But your intent wasn't to cause issues? We have to get this person on the podcast. Why couldn't you have just privately messaged me. I'm not refunding you, but I can also refuse to work with you because you aren't even deserving of my time and talent. You tried to come after me publicly for what? Did you think you could make me look bad? You tried. $100 to teach is pretty nice. I could have charged way more. I showed up for the session. It stormed. I sat and gave you all a generous amount of my time. I didn't have to. Nobody else is causing the issues you are, but it's not surprising half the photography community finds you exhausting and just plain drama. Please stop acting like I'm this sketchy photographer. If I was, I wouldn't be half as big as I am. I'm not out here doing stupid shot to ruin my reputation. I told you that you'll be kept in the loop, and I mean that. Nobody else wants to be part of your dramatics. Either take the offer or move on, but I'm not refunding you. You want my honest opinion? I think you want a refund because you think you know what you're doing since you've caught yourself teaching workshops, which is absurd, honestly. Take the help or don't. I don't care, but I don't deal with the bullshit. I've been doing this a long time. I treat everyone as best I can. I do what I can. I'm busy. I'm sorry. But again, you're not getting a refund. <laughs> so then Bree says, I want a refund. It's been nine months, no service rendered. Since your responses have been only unprofessional and insulting to me, both professionally and personally, I'm done communicating with you. You have no terms stating that no refunds would be issued. All communications can be sent through my lawyer from now on, who will be in touch. To which Heath says, I'm not scared of a lawyer threat over $100. You're ridiculous. Take your refund and f*** off, honestly. And know this, you shouldn't be teaching. You don't even know what you're doing. 
And then he sends a hundred dollar refund to me. <laughs> there you go. So that's the full story, Dustin. Thank you for what taking us on that journey, your, Stephen. What is your takeaway from this? That we have to get Heath on this podcast immediately. Gotta get Heath on. Immediately. Immediately. Dustin, if you were running a workshop and you charged $100 for it and it stormed, how long would it take you to reschedule? Uh, I think if I was a professional photographer, let's just say hypothetically, professional photographer. Hypothetically, if you were actually a professional photographer. Exactly. There's no nothing we can look at to say whether or not you are in the real world. Correct. So we're dealing with hypotheticals here. Let's journey down the rabbit hole. Mm, rabbit hole me. If I, Hypothetically, if I was a professional photographer... I would have the foresight and the thought to host a workshop somewhere that could both be shot inside as well as outside in the event of, you know, not ideal weather. Since mm -hmm. especially I live here in Indiana, not sunny San Diego, where there's always a good chance of rain, snow, hail, tornado, what have you. Tornado warnings all day today for me, buddy. Exactly. So my schedule, as Heath's, so busy, hard for me to reschedule something. So I would make sure that no matter how bad the weather was, and it had a tornado bunker, and uh, we could photograph inside. I mean, I think it was on the episode with Vanessa Joy that you spoke about how uh, one of your big takeaways from her class was taking photos in shitty lighting. Mm -hmm. Because uh, when I took her class... It specifically, it was in St. Louis and it was, the weather was really bad. It was raining and it was supposed to be a natural light course. It was supposed mm -hmm. to be outside. And so she had to improvise and uh, it was one of the most interesting learning experiences I had. And I felt like I learned so much more from it than I would have if, you know, the exactly. weather had been good. So maybe the lesson here is don't reschedule Heath, man up. Or woman up. I mean, you know. We don't need to be sexist about this. Or woman up. We'll have to get you on the podcast and we will have to uh, talk, Find talk out it through. Find out what's going on at iBats Photography. Yep. So, Dustin, hypothetically, you have now scheduled a $100 thing. You have had to cancel for some reason. It doesn't have to be weather. It could be uh, an emergency room visit. I don't know. Mm -hmm. How long do you think you let it go before you reschedule? That's tricky. Like I feel like rescheduling something like that would be hard because... A, I would have to be available, most importantly. Mm -hmm. B, the attendees would have to be available. Mm -hmm. So I would I would say three to four months, maybe two to and, three. But how long somewhere. would it take for you to communicate with the attendees that you were rescheduling and that you had some dates in mind? Oh, I would probably reschedule it, have the event, recharge new attendees, and then afterwards say due to a communication error we already rehad the event i'm so sorry that you guys didn't get the email it must have went to your spam that's on you that's not on me it went to your spam folder <laughs> i'm just taking a page out of heath's book here i think that would be the best route yeah so let's say uh you do show up for a workshop it's supposed to be outside inclement weather what sort of uh, locations would you pick in your area where you could shoot inside family photos? My house. <laughs> it's a brand new house. Everything just got done. We haven't put any furniture yet, so the rooms are spacious mm -hmm. enough. We can do some family photos Absolutely. all around. 100%. Yep. Nice. I like this. I like where you're going with this. 
doesn't <laughs> yes steven have you ever told a client to fuck off <laughs> no i can't i can't say that i have no doesn't doesn't come I think to mind. The thing that gets me the most about this is just that's why we have to get this guy <laughs> or girl on the podcast because I need this personality on my earlobes. Oh man, I swear we get like tips from people every once in a while about terrible like photographers acting terribly to other photographers, like ed- educators, basically. Mm-hmm. And I gotta tell you, almost every single time, it's somebody in St. Louis. It's a great city. <laughs> I think it is a great city. I don't. I don't know that the photographer community is great there, though. But I will say, like, all this this story broke on the uh, St. Louis area photographers group. Which Steve, Steve coincidentally, is a part of. I joined just so I could see the post. <laughs> but not this post. I joined the last time something terrible like this came out. <laughs> so, like, five or six months ago. Anyway... <laughs> Th- that St. Louis photographers community is just St. Louis area photographers. There's so much drama there. Like the people in that group just seem to be like putting each other on blast all the time. And nobody is nice to each other. I'm sure if I was like in the group more, I don't live in St. Louis. So I don't check the group very often. It's only when something terrible surfaces and it always seems to come from there that I go and check it out. But it just seems like every time I'm there, it's for bad reasons. Man, I'm I'm real glad Indiana does not have a photographer's group where it seems like people just say like terrible things about each other. Yeah. So I wanted to bring this uh, story up because one, it was newsworthy. It went viral. Uh, we posted in the group. A lot of people commented on it already. And uh, two, it was just, I cannot believe when people treat other people like this and it is confounding to me and I cannot understand why they think it's okay to treat other people like this, what they think they're going to gain out of treating somebody else like this. Like, like what, what happens when you lose your cool and like start insulting somebody who is a client or a potential client of yours? Like, do you just think that disappears into the ether and like you never have to deal with it? The only thing I can think of, Steve, the only thing in my mind that makes sense is that he, he or she, is the person that you shared, or I think it was Evan Dawson shared the article <laughs> about this person giving up food for Lent and they are only consuming beer. And that's that person's Lent. from Ohio. They're from Ohio, but they are a photographer in St. Louis, perhaps, hypothetically. Hypothetically. <laughs> in, a, in a hypothetical situation, we don't know. If we don't, whether or not this person lives in St. Louis or if there's just a part of the group. And if you live on the East or West Coast, you have no idea how close St. Louis and Ohio are. They could be relatively close in your mind. Um, so we have to assume that maybe they're in a drunken rage all the time during the month of Lent. So I did post this thing to the to the group because it was on Reddit. It wasn't. It wasn't just that, like, if it had just been in a Facebook group, like, I wouldn't have posted it because, like, then it's, like, I'm outing someone. But they were already outed on Reddit, on Twitter. Like, I saw it all over the place. Somebody posted. They were they were doing some digging. It was uh, Alicia Semrock. And she found uh, somebody commenting saying they had a similar encounter with Heath many years ago. Heath was doing boudoir shoots for hella cheap when she first started out. When this person got the pics back, the photoshopping was awful. 
So this person left Heath a review stating so in a polite manner and also that she used my lingerie photos on her site without my permission. She, Heath, was livid and straight went off on me. Extremely un... Or she wrote extremely professional with like the one eyebrow raise. Like, yeah, suspect. Like, it's not professional at all. Sarcastic. Sarcastic. So it seems like this person maybe has a history of doing terrible things to other people. Well, yeah, if they said the things they said to this person, chances are it's not the first time. There's other people who have been hurt too. Which is why we need to get them on as an anchor for this podcast. An anchor? That's, <laughs> wow. Dragging us straight down into the depths of hell. I mean, the ocean. The ocean. Let's do some Q&A. But, but Steve... First up, from Mark Quinn, from our very own Facebook Dr. group. Mark, Mark Quinn, Medicine Man. Dr. Mark Quinn, Medicine Man. Dustin started reading your question off last week, and I cut him off because I was too tired. And I just got to say, thanks for joining us, listeners. It's been a great week. We're so glad to have everybody back, but it's very late once again, and Dustin and I need to go to bed. So uh, I guess we'll see you next week. But Mark deserves his question to be read, Stephen. I guess we'll have to get to it next week, bud. That's a show. Let's All wrap. Right, then let's skip ahead to Alyssa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't even pronounce her name right. We'll do to Mark Quinn's. Dr. Mark Quinn, medicine man, says shot a wedding yesterday in a converted barn. Don't see them much, eh? And the lighting was dreadful. Candle lit with a few fairy lights strung along the walls. It was bordering on dangerously dark. Or the Kaylee dancing. Kaylee bands don't bring lights generally. Got me wondering if anyone has ever been asked by a venue for advice. Yeah, hire a professional. Dustin, you seem like... So Wait, are you saying Mark's not a professional? <laughs> Whoa, Dustin. No, I, I Did think, you just put Mark on blast? I think you're reading Did you just put Mar Mark on blast? Dr. Mark, I think, is asking the question, does a venue ever ask the photographer who's there for advice so that other and photographers... to that, the vendor responds... Mm. Correct. Because it sounds like what you were saying is that the advice you would give to the venue is hire a professional photographer the next time correct so what you're saying is mark quinn dr mark quinn medicine man is not a professional photographer that's the driving point here dustin are you trying to put mark on blast mark can we see your website can you throw it up for us i want to compare your work next to dustin's work and you know really i'm gonna blow dustin's out of the water i misread the question i reread the question again oh you did Oh. He's asking if the venue, if venues have ever asked photographers for advice on their lighting. Yes. That's his question. Yes, it is. <laughs> Where were you? You have the question in front of you to read. How did you not know the question? There were so many ways I wanted to take the question. And unfortunately, Mark didn't ask it in the way I wanted it to be asked. <laughs> So the question took you instead, and you <laughs> you disparaged Mark. Wow. Dr. Mark Quinn, uh, no, no venues have ever asked whoa, me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you can say anything else, I think Mark deserves an apology. 
I'm apologizing, Dr. Mark Quinn, medicine man. You are the most professional of photographers I have ever come in contact with. Very good. Very good. Okay, now you can say whatever you want. That's been uh, Parenting 101 from <laughs> everyone's favorite, Stephen Van Elk. Uh, that's how you do it with kids. You get an insincere p- apology from them before you let them do anything else. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, Mark, you just need to learn how to be a better photographer if you're going to shoot in these. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh. Yeah, just got to get gotta get more light. I So what we do in barns, like the one you're describing, is we bring a video light. We throw that thing up high near the DJ, near the band, add a little bit of constant light, make focusing a little bit easier for us. And then we, we just bounce flash like we would in any other venue. And then we just color correct in post. Take a little bit of that orange channel out in Lightroom. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy. See, what I like to do when I'm in a dark venue like this is uh, I like to get those really good artistic shots of those inky blacks where you can't really make out any of the people. And then I deliver those and I say, this is my artist's vision. See, Steve shoots all off-camera flash receptions anyway, so it doesn't really matter if he's in a black hole or <laughs> a white box. It doesn't really affect Steven. That is mostly true. That is correct. Mm-hmm. So that's his answer. Dustin, Dr. you Mark seem Lane. to me like somebody who would give advice to a venue, whether they ask for it or not. So uh, I want to hear your best uh, stories about giving advice to venues. Well, I've had venues ask me for advice, which is what I thought the question was in regards to there's a venue here in Fort Wayne um, that is uh, one of those kind of like the Regent Tower type venue where it's like a skyscraper type vibe, not super high ceilings. Not in Fort Wayne. Yeah, it's the only one we have. (laughs) And um, I said like the Regent's Tower. (laughs) Not as cool as the Regent's Tower, but like it. I don't think there is a building in Indy that would be considered a skyscraper. Our tallest one is Salesforce Tower, which is like 41 stories. That's is that skyscraper height yeah. yet? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I, I guess we got one. So Regent's Tower, for those of you out there who are not from the Indianapolis, Indiana area, is a is a venue inside of a skyscraper. It's like an entire floor. And couples tend to book these venues because of their views of the cityscape through the windows. Um, now, Regent's Tower does have a rooftop balcony which is really great. But the venue that I'm referring to here in Fort Wayne does not have a rooftop balcony. So couples oftentimes have their ceremonies here, floor to ceiling windows, but then most photographers that shoot there don't know how to properly expose so that you can see anything outside those windows. And this venue is... Is there anything outside the windows more important than the bride and groom on the wedding day? I think... Case closed. Steve nailed it. You're doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so the venue gets a lot of complaints from couples when they get their photos back from certain photographers where they are like, I love our photos. Our photos are great, but they're, you know, we kind of, we booked this venue because of the view and we don't have a single photo kind of illustrating that view from the windows. And And the venue says... Here is Dustin McKibben's card. He's got great photos where you can see the rest exactly. of the city. And he will Photoshop that into the windows in your shots. Precisely. All right, Dustin. So continue on with your story. Yeah. And just the fact that I think oftentimes, I don't really know 
where I was going with this, but just that I think venues do appreciate a photographer that can illustrate and capture their venue in the way that the venue owners and venue managers and people that work there uh, kind of envision the venue itself being captured. So I think it's important to share those images with the venues if you feel like you did a good job after the wedding. So that wow, way. just wow, way, way, just way far away from what Mark was asking about now. <laughs> We've gone in a completely different direction. That's what we do. Dustin's now advocating for uh, sharing your photos for exposure. Yeah, don't get paid for those photos. Just uh, uh, give just, them away. Well, you can put your logo on them. You can watermark the shit out of them, but just That's show. still exposure, Dustin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exposing for exposure. There we go. Mark, here's what I would do. If you're shooting in a place with just dreadful lights, um, it sounds like this one was a barn, right? So barns are going to have big old barn doors. So you go up and you just open those big old barn doors. And now you don't have any light in there, but you need light. So next thing you got to do, you take your car and you just pull your car up, let it idle right next to the venue and just uh, put the high beams on pointing straight at the dance floor. It's going to create a real nice atmosphere and uh, you're going to be able to have all that good, good light you need and uh, you can focus. Sounds reasonable. I mean, I don't, I don't see that there's any other solution that could work for this. I've done that before. Jen and I have... I've used my high beams for a sparkler exit. Yeah. Jen and I have from time to time been asked questions by different vendors. Like, I notice our like photos in this area don't come out well. Is there something we could do? Yeah, you could come to my workshop. It's $100. I host it in St. Louis every year around rainy season. <laughs> and uh, any, any time a venue or another vendor asks for any sort of advice when it comes to running their business, you want to be helpful and you want to say something. Do you? And so sometimes you do. And what that's usually met with, from my very limited experience with this, is the person saying something to you like, that would never work, or we can't do that. And it's always something like, no, I wasn't, I wasn't actually asking you because I wanted any advice. I was, this was a rhetorical thing. I just wanted you to know that I feel your pain, you know? That, that's just been my experience with uh, different DJs, vendors, other people. No, nobody, nobody gives a crap about your photography. Nobody cares. Like they're, they're doing their job and they just want you to do your job mm -hmm. and they don't care if their job is making your job a million times harder on the day, unless they're like the day of coordinator or the wedding planner. Those people typically end up caring because mm -hmm. they, they care for the wedding as a whole and for the client. So, okay. Makes sense. But does it, but does it, but does it, but could it? So what's the worst thing that could happen if you give advice to a vendor? Um, they could die. <laughs> they could literally die, Stephen. They could die on the spot. They just have a heart attack. Your advice was so good, they realized how bad they'd been doing, and it caused an immense amount of stress, and then boom, just like that, heart stops. They can't like, take the like, anxiety. Like if they're like, how do you get this shot that they're asking for? And I say, oh, I just fly my drone inside next week, and they fly their drone inside, hit something, the entire building collapses, they die. Yeah, yeah, you know uh, how those buildings in Fort Wayne are built where just one little three-pound drone could take the whole thing down. Yeah. One little Mavic Air pops the golf dome. You know, oh. if, it's in, if it's in the right position, yeah, it's just, <laughs> everyone's dead. 
Mm-hmm. And when when a golf dome gets popped, it is like a giant fart just letting out for like five minutes straight. Out comes the vendor. Dead. Yeah. That's why you hire Dustin McKibben. Yeah, he's the only one that can fly that drone inside the giant fart dome. <laughs> yes. This is true. Dustin, Alicia Simrock from our very own Facebook group asks, mm-hmm. how do we feel about people selling presets? I realize every photographer, blogger, and their dog seems to be selling Lightroom presets these days. Mm-hmm. And is this lame to do when you barely have a thousand followers? And then it's uh, the emoji of the monkey with its hands over its eyes. See no evil. Or does no one actually care? I'm so glad Alicia asked this question because Stephen and I are really excited to announce we will be rolling out the wedding photo hangover preset collection. Um, mm-hmm. this is, we're starting off with just one. This is one that we're really, really proud of. Um, what this image will do is essentially you do all of your editing, you hit mm-hmm. the preset, and then just resets it back to original camera raw. It's, it's something special, let me tell mm. you. The most special. It's kind of like a redo. Just, just like a big take two on the day. Yeah, it's sort of like you had that drink, you had a little too much, you took the photo, and now it's letting you have a second chance at it. Yeah, you blacked out, you woke up, and uh, you didn't remember where you were or what happened to all your work. That's what our preset does. Yep, that will be for sale on our Patreon. Oh, you made us a Patreon? That's super secret, Steve. I'm not even inviting you. Snap. Dustin's keeping all that money for himself. Don't subscribe to the Patreon. Or do. Or don't. Or do. <laughs> Alicia, I think, is a great idea to start selling your presets. And, uh, you know, I think if you're going to start selling your presets, you sell them in the Wedding Hangover Facebook group. Nope. I think if you're going to start selling your presets, we could make them available on the Wedding Hangover website. And Dustin and I will just take a 90% cut right off the top of all the profits made from that. This uh, sounds like the best idea ever. Um, you, you know, we want to say this offer is available not just to Alicia, but to anybody who makes anything uh, in our Facebook group and our community. People who aren't in those things but just want to sell something, we will sell it all on our website, and we'll just take a real slim ninety percent cut let off us the top be, of the revenue. Let us be your Amazon. Yeah. Doesn't have you ever bought presets? Uh, I think I've bought. The Mastin, Mastin Labs ones. I'm trying to, I think I might have gotten a little bite of the Visco bug mm-hmm. about five years ago, but I think that might be the only two I've ever, ever purchased. I think I still use the Visco one for my, the base of my black, of my black and whites. A lot of people use the uh, visual supply company stuff. But didn't they say recently they're getting out of the uh, preset game entirely and they're just focusing on their iPhone app? Could be. I know they have a pretty big following on their iPhone app that they kind of turned into a bit of a social media type thing, if I have heard correctly. I used to use it all the time, like back when I took photos a lot with my iPhone. Mm-hmm. But then I just kind of stopped. <laughs> I think the big... the the next thing, Alicia, is the iPhone photo uh, presets. 
think you know, that's I would the direction say I'm seeing don't a lot of stop at making go. presets, Alicia. Uh, just make an entire app for your iPhone, and then you can sell those filters to more people than just uh, you know professional photographers. Because when you are selling presets, you're really limiting yourself to just professional photographers, and uh, you know cast a wider net, or cast a smaller net. Or cast a wider net, and um, Dustin and or I cast will a wider promote, net with holes. Dustin and I will promote the uh, app on the podcast and on our website, and we'll just take a, a slim ninety percent cut off the top of your revenue. Yeah, sounds fair. Apple's going to take thirty percent straight off the top, and then uh, then we'll take ninety percent of what's left. And then that leaves you. I'm not great with math. I think that leaves you with two percent. Yeah, after, you know, the credit card charges and everything like that. Yeah, Producer but. fees and storage, hosting, <laughs> shipping, yeah. all that. It's going to be great. You're going to be a millionaire. Easily. Easily. And Dustin and I will be nine millionaires. Hopefully. Dustin, let's take one from a random Facebook group. A random. One, one last question, just real fast. You got a good one for us? I was looking. I was looking. Abby from the Facebook groups asked this question, Stephen. Mm -hmm. Thinking about all types of advertising, wedding shows, Google, Facebook, Instagram, Wedding Wire, The Knot, Print, Radio, you know, billboards, sending pigeons, etc etc how much is too much to spend on one booking and or one lead what is an amount you would be happy to spend per booking and or per lead so i think what they're asking steven is client acquisition cost or mm -hmm. customer acquisition cost as it's commonly referred to Steven, do you know your customer acquisition cost? Millions and millions of man hours. Just all, all of my time spent on social media, just uh, DMing, you know, eggplant emojis to everyone I see and saying, if you like this, you'll love my photography. Yeah. It has worked not at all for me, but I'm, I'm still trying. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got to get it out there. I've got to get the brand out there. And that's the important thing is that brand recognition. I want people when they see an aubergine, when they see an eggplant emoji, I want them to think about me. Do you and Jennifer have a marketing budget for the year? Yes. And it Kurt. gets smaller every year. <laughs> it gets smaller every year. We used to, I think like when we first got started, I think we ran ads on like the wedding wire and the knot. Uh, one year we tried running ads with Wedding Day, another with a Perfect Wedding Guide, and in the end we found most of those things didn't work. The uh, stuff that we're finding that works the most for us in terms of advertising is connecting with other vendors. So we're trying to, like last year and this year, kind of step up our game a little bit with uh, showing uh, other vendors love. And so what that translates into is a lot of like going out for coffee or for drinks with other vendors and jen is the one who gets to do all this fun stuff and i don't get to do any of it mm. yeah uh last time i checked i'm a vendor and in weddings when does that love train come down my station <laughs> as soon as you're not our direct competition mm. 
So to rephrase, <laughs> you guys are only showing love to vendors who are not in photography. Right? No, that's I, not true. <laughs> oh, it's not true. Just not to you. Just not to me. Okay. Just making sure all the advice is being given with full transparency here. I connect with you every single week. I spend more time with you doing work for you on this podcast. Think about all of the free man hours you've gleaned from me and from this relationship. Just editing and editing and editing this podcast. Getting the Dustin name out there. The Dustin brand out there. The big burrito into people's mouths. Mm. Yes. Yeah? This is true. I've gleamed so much in return for all of those man hours. What has what all that exposure got you? Um, Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast. Okay. Do you want to really say what, 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 is, uh, what is your market, marketing spend? Uh, we try to spend between, I like to think of it as, you know, whatever, like our mean wedding um price point is so for us it's about 3500 bucks and so if we can try and spend 3500 dollars a year to get the bulk of our weddings then i think we've done pretty well so for most people that seems like a lot of money but to me if like you, you can just book one extra wedding that covers your marketing dollars for the year you just do one wedding for free every year and yep. you'll be thinking about that real hard when you're doing that one wedding that you just really regret taking. And it won't always be the last wedding of the year. <laughs> it won't always be the first wedding. You know, more than likely, just, it'll be right in the middle of your season. It'll you just have to tell the bride. Who has been very crappy to you. And you'll just be sitting there thinking to yourself, this was the one that paid for all the ads to get all the other ones. Who I, I think... also dislike working with. <laughs> I think uh, as wedding photographers, at least I do this. I don't know if you and Jen do this. We justify spend spending based on weddings. Do you guys do this? Like, oh, that trip is just one wedding. Or, oh, that couch is half a wedding. Mm, no, that, that magical thinking is not something I do. See, I do it all the time. And my wife has started doing it too. And it's re- it, was, it was fun when I did it. But now she's like, Dustin, we can afford that trip. That's just one more wedding. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. Jen, Jen does that to me sometimes. She'll be like, that's just like two or three family shoots. And I'm just like, no, that, that's so much work. That's so much work. Yeah. It's just not worth it. Why do we work? <laughs> so, Dustin, you shoot one extra wedding every year so you can afford to market for the rest of your weddings. Mm-hmm. Correct. I think when Jen and I first started, it was close to that much money that we were spending on advertising, like with stuff like The Knot, Wedding Wire, Wedding Day Magazine. And that doesn't uh, necessarily need to be advertising in the traditional sense. That can be like making a coffee table book to drop off to a mm -hmm. venue. It can be... Doing client gifts at the end of the year. Buying muffins to throw at your best friend's door. It can be, you know, p putting forks in their yard. <laughs> that spell out weddinghangover.com. So that when they walk out their door on a, on a Saturday, they slip and fall and they become all bloody and then they have to call you to shoot their wedding for them. It can be any number of marketing <laughs> techniques 
It can be to hire that man to kidnap your friend the night before he's supposed to shoot a wedding. It can be to hire that man to murder your friend the night before he's supposed to. <laughs> is, where are we going with this? You took this real dark real fast. You yeah. took it real dark. <laughs> I'll just set up this trap outside my friend's house. They'll get injured and have to go to the ER and then I'll shoot their wedding for them. Mm-hmm. That's an extra thousand bucks right there. Yeah. All it cost me was $5 worth of plastic forks. As somebody who last year stepped on a piece of glass, pulled it out of his foot, and then shot a wedding. That's what made me think of this. I'm going to tell you, these plastic forks are not going to keep any photographer from doing their job. This is an utterly ridiculous plan. Well, most photographers are not as intense and hell-bent on capturing the day as you, Stephen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was a... I wake up and my back feels a little off, and I'm like, mm, not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. Gonna send Korean out for this one. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with Dustin and Steve. Steve. If you want to help us out, jump on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen and leave us a five-star review. We only want the very best of the best reviews because we have the very best of the best listeners. That's all of you. You should be leaving us reviews. <laughs> Consistently or inconsistently. If you want to connect, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wedding Photo Hangover and on Twitter at Wed Pick Hangover. Dustin is on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben. And Steven is at Steven Van Alk. If you want to get involved with the awesome community of listeners, and you should, should join you? the Wedding Hangover Facebook group. But if you really want to warm our hearts, I head do. on over to anchor.fm slash wedding photo hangover, and you can sign up to support us for as little as 99 cents a month. Only 99 cents? Steve, that's all? It's extremely helpful to us. Wow. And to the making of this podcast. It helps us to buy new equipment, to upgrade stuff. You know, we... Feed our children, most importantly. Feed Dustin's children. He's not making as much money this year as he has in years past for his wedding photography. He needs all the help he can get. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being aches for the sweet, sweet embrace of death. That's right. Next Sunday after you shoot another wedding. Yeah. St. Patrick's. I was just thinking it'd be St. Patrick's Day when this comes out. Oh, this was our St. Patrick's Day episode? Yeah. Yeah. Quick, let me me get all my... uh, let me go back and find all my questions about uh, leprechauns. <laughs> I can't believe I missed out on the St. Patrick's Day episode. I know. Man. I was just doing the math in my head. Well, we are not mathematicians. So, you know, That's if this true. is a photographer's crack podcast, maybe maybe we could have got this thing done, you know? Pulled some Ross <laughs> Eagle Sham and... Uh, done advanced calculus, but that's just not us, buddy. We can only dream. Of landscapes and only Scotland, dream. Ireland weddings. I wish I could pull out an accent like those those chaps. Oh, you know what doesn't... Ah, uh, man, you know? We're going to do some follow-out. Do you know what follow-out is? That's where we... Goodbye! No, 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 no. Oh, no. Follow-out is uh, it's another term. This one's not coined by John Syracuse. This one's coined by uh, Mike Hurley and Jason Snell, I believe. Follow-up is where we discuss something that didn't happen on our podcast, but happened on another podcast. Dustin, I don't know if you know about this, but 
on the most recent episode of the Wedding Photographers Unite mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. they did a section where they discussed what alcohol they were drinking. Copycats. Oh, they credited us. They they said we're taking this from the wedding photo hangover. We're doing their something they do. And guess what? Uh, you know, Andy Buscemi said the man himself, the the pr- professor of pontification, I believe, is what what people call him. Okay. He said that uh, he was drinking a great New York red wine for a great New York man. Andy Buscemi doesn't quite roll off the tongue quite like your little shtick. Great New York red wine for a great New York man. That rolls right off the tongue. No, followed by his name. Like Andy Buscemi. Yeah. Like Andy Buscemi. Buscemi. Nope. Yeah. Doesn't. No, it was, Sorry. it was beautiful. Uh, Neil was drinking a Chardonnay from J.W. Morris. What, were and, they watching uh, The Bachelor while they recorded this episode? <laughs> what well, the, the this, is my, this, this is my favorite part right at the end. And, uh, then they go to Jimmy. Jimmy, uh, recent guest Jimmy. Jimmy Kimmel. Ferrara. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jimmy said that, man after my own heart, he said he had been drinking old fashions the past few nights. And oh, man, that warmed my heart, you know, right here. You know, I love a good old fashioned. And he goes, but his, his throat is getting a little ragged. So he had to switch it up tonight. So he was drinking a Glen Fittich <laughs> and a Woodford Reserve. <laughs> That's right. He was like, I'll have a Glen Fittich and then I'll also have this, this bourbon, this Woodford Reserve. <laughs> I can't choose just one. Sounds about right. Sounds about like him. I had to figure out how to how to live life like Jimmy Ferrara. Well, if you come visit me, Stephen, there is still a unopened bottle of bourbon sitting here. Mm. Bourbon or a bourbon barrel aged dragon's milk beer that you already drank and are now lying to me about. No, oh, this is bourbon. Just straight up bourbon. Mm. I love bourbon. I know. It's right here. It literally has your name on it. Sitting on my shelf. My brand new shelf that I built in my brand new house to hold my brand new bourbon for you. Did you build the bourbon too? No. 18 years ago? You wrote Stephen Van Elk on it. I will find him someday and befriend him. But I did photograph at a distillery this week. Did I already mm-hmm. tell you this story? No. I photographed at a distillery this week, which was pretty cool. So I'm, I am in the talks with them, early, early talks about making a wedding photo hangover drink, like a concoction. Cool. Very cool. But they don't do bourbon. They they think bourbon is too, uh, trendy. So they're trying to, because of how long, uh, browns as they call them, brown Mm -hmm. alcoholic beverages take to make they have to, they're trying to think past what, so they think rise are like the next big thing. So they've been doing a lot of rise because they think people really like the sweets of a bourbon and they're going to like the spice of a rye beverage. Oh gosh. I don't know that that's accurate at all, but that's I don't what, think that's accurate at all. That's what they said. So. Uh, I just, uh, I got done with a month of Canadian rye cocktails and I got to tell you, all I could think afterwards was I want to get that sweet, sweet bourbon back in this body. <sighs> so yeah, I'm in the early talks. I've kind of, I told them well, next time you come to town, we would schedule a meeting with them and see Whoa, wait, some... you are scheduling meetings with a distillery. I, I could be in town tomorrow if I had known that. 
I could be in town in two hours if I had known that. Yeah, well, next time you're here. In two hours, I will be there. <laughs> but grab a bottle of it and try their stuff and let me know. I, I need to find where they sell it and get a bottle. And Okay, we're getting a little bit too insular here. Uh, so let's just say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Great talking to you. She looked up to see me right like two feet away from her saying, are you okay? And she just goes, ah, oh shit. Yeah. If I saw you and I was like, oh my God, I'm married to you. I'd be a little, yeah. That's why I don't drink on this podcast anymore. You're drinking tonight. Because <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I saw the super ranty. Guess we were going to be putting. Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Wooey!